And here we go. That's right. You're back in Red's line. And what's that mean? We got another game recap for you. So what happened today, you want to ask? It was the fourth game of a four-game set with San Francisco and Cincinnati. And what happened? Well, you saw the first three games, how up and down this thing's been. The Reds had to win today to tie the series, to go, and that means two and two. They didn't want to lose today because then they would have swung, this series would have swung three to one, and that's bad, obviously. So, how did this game start out? Well, I told you yesterday it was left-hander Drew Pomeranz versus Anthony DiScalfani, and you all know in Reds Nation he's a right-hander. So, let's get into the game. The, uh... Giants went quietly into the night <laughs> in the daytime in the first inning. And then the Reds, oh, by the way, can we uh, take a moment for a uh, commercial break for our sponsors? I am Jared Roberts of Reds Nation number 4192 and the host of Reds Line. And I'm 99.7% always right. In fact, it's world famous and universally renowned and known. Thank you. That's our commercial break, which leads me to to the bottom of the first. So, what happened? Guess who let off? Who has been saying that Nick Senzel should be leading off? The last three games I've said it. The last four game recaps I've said it. I talked about how Nick Senzel needs to be batting leadoff, just like Carlos Correa of the Astros and Francisco Lindor of the Cleveland Indians. And everybody argues with me. I even told the Reds during spring training the Sins will need to lead off. But no one believes me. They bat him second. They bat him sixth. They bat him wherever. But today they batted him lead off. Somebody must be listening to Reds line. So anyways, what happened was, and by the way, he was batting lead off in AAA, so this isn't that big of a stretch. I'm kind of having a little fun here. Allow to me, allow me to indulge myself. So, what does Nick Senzel do? He leads off this game with a home run to right field. Another opposite field shot. What a beauty. Just an amazing shot, Nick Senzel. Really proud of you. And then, uh, what happened? Joey Votto gets on base. And then Suarez, he's not happy with uh, being in this menage a trois with Winker and Dietrich, they all had nine home runs tied. Suarez, Winker, and uh, Dietrich. Remember, they all went back-to-back-to-back to back to back on three pitches yesterday. Well, what Suarez do today? He hits a two-run jack for his tent to break that three-way tie. And uh, it was just a massive shot. So uh, then that puts the Reds up three to nothing in like a matter of minutes and so this is just like just like the games uh the last few games where they just been getting up early and they weren't able to hold uh two of them so the next thing you know farmers on base then iglesias triples iglesias had a heck of a game and then farmer drives him in so we're not even out of the first and they got a five-run spot Okay, so what happens in the top of the second? Brandon Belt's on, and uh, Pablo Sandoval hits a rocket over to uh, 
Suarez, and Suarez throws it away, and Brandon Belt scores. And that was an unearned run against Disco, and that would be all he allows through five and two-thirds innings. So he didn't allow any earned runs through five and, and two-thirds, except that one unearned run, which shouldn't even been there because of the error on Suarez. So what happened in the top or the bottom of the second? Hey, who did I say was leading off, and who have I been saying should be leadoff hitter? Even before they uh, sent him down to minor league camp and he got hurt again because the baseball gods are trying to explain to them to listen to Jared Roberts from Res Nation number 4192 and host a Res line. Oh, yeah, Nick Senzel. So he hits a ho- another home run. So he's got three home runs. Man, you can't even make this storyline up. So then the Reds are up uh, six to nothing. And... Then the rest of the scoring happens like uh, Iglesias doubles, and that drives in Suarez. And so then the Reds are up 7-1. to one. And you remember they were up 8 to nothing, and they lost that game. Oh, my goodness, what a terrible loss that was when they lost 12-11. to 11. But uh, so the Reds are sitting up 7-1. to one, And like I said, Disco just has the uh, Giants number. And then all of a sudden, in the uh, top of the sixth, uh, he's got two outs, and but he, and he walks Brandon Belt, and then swore, uh, so Sandoval's up, and I'm not going to say this was a bad pitch. This pitch was high, like top of the letters high, and Pablo Sandoval just Cecil Fielder, Prince Fielder, like hammers this baseball. It was not a great hit. When I say Cecil Fielder and Prince Fielder, I'm talking like just smacks this ball with the bat so hard with so much uppercut. This ball was a three-run jack. If you go watch it, you'll see what I'm saying because it's way high in the strike zone. And if Disco just has a little bit more spin on it or a little more juice on it or Sandoval's just the timing is off, it's either a foul ball or a pop-up. Because, or a strikeout, because this was a good pitch. It's, Sandoval just went up there and got it. Because, like, when you watch the re, I, I highly recommend going and watch Cincinnati Reds recaps and watching this jack. Because I'm not saying it's a thing of beauty, but you don't see home runs like this a lot anymore. This was just a total uh, mind over matter, man. Because, like I said, baseball's top of leather high, and he just, like, just destroys this baseball with a bat, and it flies out of the ballpark. So the Reds, we've seen this before, haven't we, ladies and gentlemen? So the Reds are up, go from up 7-1 to one to up 7-4. Uh, to four. Remember, they were up 8 to nothing. They were down, then they were up 8-4. to four. You know what I'm saying? So they, you're thinking, oh, man, is this just another replay of this? Well, Disco then gets out of it. And then the bottom of the six was really interesting. The Reds put another five runs up on the board. Iglesias drives in some runs. Uh, Josh Van Meter comes up, gets hit by a pitch. Four Reds batters were hit in this inning by uh, that Pat Vanette. He's the end by the extras, or how you pronounce that word. He can throw left-handed, throw right-handed. He's just got to uh, declare what he's going to do before the batter gets, steps in the box because he can't switch pitch. Uh, he can switch pitch in the inning. He just, for each batter, he has to declare. So he hits like, uh, 
who all does he hit? I think he hit Suarez. He hit Votto. He hit a lot of guys. He didn't hit Derek Dietrich, though, because Derek Dietrich, you know, he's been hit almost 100 times before he came to the Reds when he was playing with the Marlins. But to make a long story short, the Reds put up a five spot, and two of those uh, RBIs were off of, uh, I think, uh, Van Meter, like I said, got his first Major League RBI, and Joey Votto got hit, and he got an RBI by getting hit in the uh, elbow. And I didn't like that hit by Votto. I mean, Votto getting hit, because the last thing we want is Votto down for the count. So, the Reds are up 12-4, to uh, four, and basically that's how the game ends. Uh, I agreed with this, even though it didn't work all the time. David Bell, David Bell, he brought in Zach Duke and Wandy Peralta to finish this thing out. And, uh, you know, and I'm not going to lie. These are the games that you need to bring in a guy like Zach Duke with with a lead big enough to where if he gets in trouble. But, man, the last few games where they were getting in trouble just got out of hand quick-like. So the Reds win this game 12-4. Okay. So what do we want to talk about right now? Let's get into the good things of this game. So who gets number one on my good things list? Hey, man, it's going to be Nick Senzel again. Nick Senzel was two for six today, and he scored, I think, two runs. He's only hitting uh, 235, but he's OPS in like 1146 or something. It's crazy. So, uh, and he should have another home run. Uh, Kevin uh, Pilar, you know, we all know, robbed him of his first major league home run. But so the guy should have four home runs. He should be batting about 250. But he's got three walks. He's got uh, three home runs. Yeah, obviously, he should have been up here since day one. And make no mistake about it, he was a great hitter in spring training. The Reds just messed up really bad. Like I said, Whoever's listening to this that wants to say, well, no, Jared, no, Jared, no, Jared, they're they're wanting service time. Hey, you know what? Sit over there in the corner because you don't know what you're talking about because the new CBA, that will be out of the ballpark. It's not even going to be an issue. It's such an issue with the players' union that they will fix that little deal. So let me tell you something about your uh, Messiah Dick Williams. He's not that bright of a guy because this new CBA will 86 this problem with service time. So the Reds just uh, set the guy down there for no reason this year. And last year they had an excuse, but they should have brought him up May 1st last year. Instead, they left him down to get hurt. You know the history if you listen to Reds line. Uh, Reds have bad karma. Baseball gods do not like Walt Jockety. They don't like cronyism. They don't like nepotism. They don't like Duck Williams. And I know I said Duck. That's the point. And so, you know, Nick Senzel should have been up here since day one. Actually, since May 1st of last year, if you really want to know the truth. But we're in the good things for game recap number 35. So we got to go on from Nick Senzel being number one on the good things list. Number two on the good things list, I got to give it to Jose Iglesias. Man, this guy had a heck of a game today. He was a home run short of the cycle. And everybody knows, well, you should know if you're a Reds fan, the last cycle was Eric Davis in 1987 or 1988, man. So uh, uh, Iglesias, not Rossell, Jose Iglesias, he was uh, three for five with two runs and four RBIs. His batting average is up to 310. He's having a pretty good year. And I want to say it right now. A lot of people just get too happy about these guys that aren't long-term guys. 
This Iglesias is a trade ship. He's hitting so well, playing such good stellar defense. And hey, if he does play all year with the Reds at shortstop, he could very well win the National League Gold Glove. But he's not here long term, ladies and gentlemen. They need to trade him. Like the Yankees, they can use a shortstop. Some team going to the playoffs July 31st, they're going to need a shortstop. So I'm just telling you right now, the Reds need to take all the uh, their trade ships they can and cash them in because they got a real good uh, nucleus of players here. And don't be... I don't want you being like, well, Jared, I thought you said the front office sucks. Well, trust me, they have been bad for 12 years when the Walt Jockney, Dick Williams, uh, uh, two-headed monster here because uh, bad drafts, bad free agent signings, bad trades. This team should have been uh, competing in 2016, 17 easily. Anyways, so back to the good things list. Who gets number three on my good things list? Who wants it? Who wants it? I don't know. Who wants it? I think we almost have to give it to uh, Suarez. Two for four, three runs, two RBIs. His batting average is up to 231. He's got 10 home runs on the year. He's also got, uh, man, 23 RBIs, so 10 home runs, 23 RBIs. Suarez, you're number three on my good things list. So, let's get to the bad things. So, who gets number one on the bad things? I'm going to tell you right now, it's Jose Peraza. He's down to like, what are you down to, Peraza? You are down to, I knew this earlier, 185, so you're almost down there around the Scott Schibler train to 127, which proves to you all that the Todd Frazier trade was horrible. No other general manager would have traded him for Jose Peraza, Scott Schebler, and Brandon Dixon. I don't care what you guys say. I don't even care that Peraza had 182 hits last year. I don't care that Scott Schebler had 31 home runs two years ago. It doesn't matter. When the tape is on these guys, teams know how to pitch them. And last year, of all them 182 hits, I hate to break it to you. I told everybody last year, a lot of that was pitch to contact. They're not going to waste a bunch of pitches against a weak-hitting guy like Peraza. And now he did hit some extra home runs last year. He is fill, he did fill out a little bit more and hit some extra home runs than we all thought. But, you know, I don't believe he's a great hitter. They should have never traded for him. Uh, he's been a throw-in on several other trades. In fact, he went from the Braves to the Dodgers as a part of a, a salary dump, and I'd have to go remember who it did it. But like I said, Dougie Baseball, I'm just working off the top of my head. I don't have a subscription to Baseball America like you do, and click and copy and paste. I, It's just I don't have it. I, this is off the top of my head, Dougie Baseball. Okay, so number one on the bad things list is Jose Peraza, which I don't think they're going to demote him. They did play him in left field today. And, hey, by the way, Reds front office, David Bell. David Bell! Just move him over to center and bring in Senzel to shortstop. Now, I understand you guys have this Iglesias thing on your mind. He's not long-term. The first team that needs a shortstop that calls you, you need to parlay him into a one good prospect. Okay, so who gets number two on my bad things list? Let's see. Where should we go with the number two on the bad things list? You know, I really can't really complain 
too much. Oh, I guess number two, Suarez, you were number three on the good things list. Suarez, that error cost uh, cost some momentum, man, and it put up a run on the board, and there's no telling how those dominoes would have changed. But, yeah, Suarez, if you, that error leads to a run, which it did, you're, you're number two on the bad things list. Number three on the bad things list, I'm not really going to give away number three. This is a good thing for the Reds to not have three bad things on the list. Um they did I, – I'm not really going to get too much into the bad things list. David Bell did a pretty good job of managing today. He didn't go crazy. He only used two relievers, and he used the right relievers. You know, Zach Duke, you're up 12-4. to four. You need to bring in Zach Duke, and you, don't, you need to rest your guys that you want that are money. You don't bring in like Iglesias or Garrett or Lorenzen when you got an eight-run lead. So, you know, I'm not going to put – I'm not going to have a full bad things list. So congratulations, David Bell. David Bell! For just a night because tomorrow you're playing in Oakland. Which reminds me, where do we go from here? Well, they're all they're going out to Oakland. They're going to have a late game tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, who is starting that game tomorrow? I forget. Uh, I knew it was Male. And, uh, oh, it's Fierce. Thank goodness they didn't sign Fierce. Now, he was a free agent, got traded from the Tigers to the Athletics last year, and he was uh, the Reds were thinking about signing this guy. He's effective in Detroit and Oakland because the ballparks are huge. I was like very vocal against the Reds signing this guy, and um, while he's not a bad pitcher, he's just a real big ballpark pitcher. He can pitch in Kansas City or Oakland, and like I said, Detroit. Um, but you know, you're not sticking him in Cincinnati or, you know, the Rockies would never have him. So there goes that. So on this game, this is going to be a real weird game. I think the Male is going to have the advantage because the Oakland Athletics haven't seen him. Chris Davis is going to be a monster. I will say that I bet you he puts up a home run tomorrow just because I just think he's going to hit a home run. The guy's a monster, but I think the Reds could win this game. Uh, even though it's in Oakland and that's a big ballpark, don't worry. It can't hold Puig. It can't hold Winker. It can't even hold Votto. It's not going to hold Suarez. Uh, but the Reds just might clank a bunch of doubles together too. I believe that the Reds are going to win tomorrow in Oakland. So it'll be really interesting tomorrow night, Reds Nation. Oh, and a new article came out today in the Inquirer. Is it time to bring in Craig Kimbrell? Well, where have you heard that first? Maybe somebody at the Cincinnati Inquirer listens to Red's line. Well, if they don't, they need to. So, uh, yeah, I've been saying that. I would definitely sign Craig Kimbrell. How do you, man, just say it. Try and say that. Craig Kimbrell. Guy's a dominant closer. It would almost make up for them trading away a Orlis Chapman for nothing. This would really. Shut down the seventh, eighth, and ninth with basically your choice of Lorenzen or Garrett, and then Iglesias, and then Kimbrel. This could really help the Reds make the playoffs this year. I highly recommend the Reds do it. Now, if they wait till June second to do it or June first, they don't even lose a draft pick. But hey, man, I'm all for just bringing them in right now and shutting these games down. Iglesias is zero for five, and just 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 so you know, zero for five. And the Reds are fifteen and twenty after today's win. You do the math. So I'm all for bringing in Craig. <laughs> do I need to really attempt that again, Craig Kimbrell? And right now, I've told the Reds even to do it. I said, "Hey, 
This will set you up good because then you can get Rafael Iglesias pitching in the 7th and 8th inning, really build up, up his value. You've seen what Chap, Chapman could get on the open market versus on trades. And Andrew Miller, look what he got for the Yankees. Uh, you remember when they shipped him to the Indians? So Iglesias could bring home a huge package. You have uh, other trades to go off on it. You can demand these things. So the Reds... Well, like I like I said, I want the Reds to make the playoffs. And like you know, if you listen to Reds line, you know that even if you're twenty games up or if you're twenty games down at the trade deadline, you always need to be buyers and sellers. I don't care. Now, a lot of people are saying, "Well, you can't be sellers, you know, and ruin the chemistry." Hey, if you can improve your ball club long term, and if you do trades to improve it and trades to improve long term, that's how you sustain. A, a franchise model of uh, perpetual winning, okay? So I don't want to hear any more, like, anything about, like, the Reds. Oh, well, no, you can't try. Yeah, you can. Uh, the Reds right now, they need to sell high on Barnhart, which he's not even hitting 200, I don't think. They should have traded him to the Padres after the Romalto went to uh, the Phillies. But the Reds don't think, you know, four balls ahead in a pool game. They don't think... Four moves ahead in chess game. They're reactionary. That's why this front office really needs to uh, kick it in gear or give me a jingle. So, uh, but like I said, Tucker Barnhart, Anthony DiScalfani, oh, definitely uh, David Hernandez and Jared Hughes. And uh, hopefully Alex Wood comes back and, and they can trade him. Tanner Rourke. They got some really good pieces that they can trade in for teams contending. And I believe with the minor league depth that the Reds have, like Josh Van Meter and then Vladimir Guterita is coming up, and then uh, Tony Santillian, man, this guy's in double-A. He should probably be at the majors in uh, August and September this year. The Reds can still do all these trades and still compete. They just got to know what to do. And what I'm saying is, Russell Iglesias is on that list too. So back to the signing of Craig Kimbrell, you you have a dominant bullpen. You shorten the game down to six innings basically. And then you can start fielding offers for Iglesias too. Because you got Garrett, you got Lorenzo, and they can handle the 7th and 8th from, uh, all, from August through October if you're in the playoff race. Um, right now, I'm telling you, Iglesias is a very valuable commodity, even though he's struggling this year. They just got to straighten him out. And I think bringing in Craig Kimbrell, man, why can't I say this guy's name? Bringing in Craig Kimbrell and then using Iglesias in the 7th and 8th to get him straightened out, he will bring so much more valuable value just like Andrew Miller did that's what the Reds need to do they need to this is their this is a big year for them and of all the bad trades all the bad drafts all the bad signings they can wipe out all that in one good trade deadline or actually one good June and July because you can make trades in June and I sure would like if someone comes a calling for Jose Iglesias and you know you can move Sinzel down a shortstop you gotta do it and like I said they need to be playing Senzel at shortstop and Van Meter at second until uh, Jeanette gets back so they know if Van Meter is going to be an everyday player. I want to say this before I close down Red's line. Everything they're doing right with Senzel, well, since he got called up, they've never done anything right with Senzel before May 3rd, uh, 2019, other than draft him. Oh, and they had him working with Barry Larkin all last year at shortstop. 
<laughs> which they didn't stick to that plan. Uh, they need to they need to have Josh Van Meter play every day till Jeanette gets back, so they can see what they got in him. And you can play Dietrich and Winker in left or center. And I'm hey, by the way, I'm not you know being a hypocrite. I don't want Winker in center. I think that Derek Dietrich is a good enough athlete to probably cover center. And anyway, I like I said, I'll rubber stamp your four-man outfield shift if you just play Senzel at shortstop, play Van Meter at second, and have an outfield mixture of Winker, Dietrich, and uh, Puig because that's going to be your best offense right there. But like I said, a team is going to come a-calling for Jose Iglesias, and you got to be ready to pull the trigger. So anyways, uh, it'll be really interesting to talk tomorrow night, Reds Nation. So... Uh, From the Little Apple all the way back to Reds country, good night, Cincinnati.